2: Hope you're having a good day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day, Southern California. Hope you're good. All right. Um, happy Easter to you. Ramadan, Passover, whatever you celebrate. A confluence of holidays in the three, the world's three biggest religions was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty epic weekend. Plus, we had some epic uh, sports events. Going on. Uh by the way, before we get to the sports that everybody cares about, um, I like that was really cool. Andrew Haney pitched well yesterday for the Dodgers. He is not yet a friend of the program, but he is a friend of mine. We gotta get him on. Hane dog went out there and was uh with that new slider he's been working on, he was a bit a bit filthy, right? Six innings, eleven K's? Wow. But I did this thing where I was like I, I watched the Dodger game. At the same time as I was watching, there's—I'm trying to think—what NBA game was was taking place at that same time? I think it was Bulls, uh, Bucks, and I was flipping back back and forth, and I had a second screen up as as well, um, and I was trying to—I was trying to remember who all was starting for the Reds, and I got—I mean, I got Tommy Pham, I remembered and Joey Votto, and Mike Moustakas, and that was about it. That was about it. What about it? The Dodgers, on the other hand, a little bit different. Those guys, I know their name. And uh, Freddie Freeman had quite the day with uh, four ribeyes and, uh, excuse me, three, three uh, ribeyes and four hits yesterday. Anyway, a lot to get to. By the way, the uh, uh, Angels are winning, too. So, now, Jay Stu, you're more Dodgers than Angels? Are, is that a serious question, Doug? No, that's a serious question.
5: No, I'm I'm out on the Angels. I grew up five minutes from the Angels, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan now. Why? I don't know. It's something about that team that just it's not very likable to me. I've, I've just always I think the players or the organization in this market you got to choose one. I I'm not a Why? fan of the people that go both ways in this market. I think you got to pick one because uh, they're two just very different franchises with different histories and they they different ways of going about. Thing. So I've just never been a fan of the Angels. I, I like okay. going
2: there to see other teams play. Um, okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm kinda sad. Thought we could thought we could share in, in some of the quality performances from the Angels. Want to get a second <laughs> shot of the?
4: I'm not got, here for that. six
2: and four. They got another shot. At the Astros, who who smacked them around in their first series, you know. Now they're winning some games. They went three in a row. Took three or four from the Rangers. They were my pick in my survivor
5: pool uh, in Major <laughs> League Baseball this past week, Doug. So I was keenly interested not only in their two game sweep of the Marlins, but then when they went to Texas and had the success that they had. It was uh, even it- even after Otani got roughed up.
1: It's it's funny, Doug, because I look at the Angels as being in a different league. Like they're in the American League, so right. I root for the Angels and as yeah, my American League team.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I'm I've always been more of an, like look, Dodger Stadium's better. The Dodgers are better. The organization is better. Uh, but the Angels have like these unique stars, and I've always been an Angel guy. I too grew up five minutes from Angel Stadium. So I mean, like 2002 was amazing. I just can't believe that they still play in the same place, right? That hasn't, they redid it like 20 years ago, whatever. It's just, it's one of the older parks in major league baseball, you know? And I know they've reconfigured it several times over, but man, it's, they, 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 it feels like it, it honestly, like they just haven't done it right from the ownership, ownership standpoint. They threw a bunch of money at our pools and thought that would, you know, that would solve everything like Whereas the Dodgers' way of, you know, one, they obviously threw a bunch of money at their team, but then they backloaded their friend, their their uh, their farm system. They used all that money in their farm system. And then, of course, the stadium is iconic and still has that kind of classic feel, but they've constantly done upgrades. I I think the difference in the Angels and Dodgers, honestly, is in management and ownership more than anything.
5: I don't want to really? sidetrack this segment, but something that you guys were talking about – That I think is something that only people like of our age and maybe a little bit younger and and older can realize the two teams that you have because they were in different leagues. Like when it wasn't, when before interleague play, if you like the Dodgers and Angels, you never had to worry about those teams playing against each other to pick someone. Now you may have your own favorite, but unless they were to play in the World Series, you never had that problem. So I always felt it was more acceptable in baseball to have two teams because there was really never a time they were going to play.
2: Correct. Correct. Interleague used to be special. It is not special now. You know? It, it just isn't. I mean, I, I thought interleague, interleague play was one of the best things they could do, but of course then they moved uh, the Astros over and now there's interleague play every series. Well, yeah. yeah. So so the big thing is if baseball expands and they go to 16 aside. Do we go back to interleague weekend? No, that would be best. Well,
5: you know, it started when the when the Brewers ended up switching. That was that was a big curveball because I liked the Brewers when I was younger, but I also like sure. the Astros actually. Yes, and then now both of those teams have flip flopped. So ones in the National, and ones in the American, but it's completely. I, I just I wouldn't mind if the Yankees and Mets or the Dodgers and Angels played every year. Yeah, um, but I know I just, that we
2: don't we don't need the Angels and Marlins.
5: Yeah, correct. And I know, like... my By the en- way,
2: Angels and Marlins, I think one of their games was like a day game, too. It, like, my <laughs> God. Yeah, it was who, a 4
5: o'clock local time, yeah. Who came start.
2: up with that idea? Getaway day. Angels had to be in
5: Texas the next day.
2: I, I understand. But, you know, you are you telling people you want nobody to come? <laughs> Is that what you're doing?
5: Uh, I, I suppose. Actually, I don't even know. They may have had a day off, to be honest with you. Um, I... You want to have Mike Trout though play in Miami at least more than once, you know, a decade. That would be the argument. I'm just saying you brought up the Marlins, but of any other of you know of you know of the ballparks, like if you're in St. Louis, you know, it'd be nice if you were you know to see Shohei Ohtani or Mike Trout. That's the that's the argument. I I I agree, but but here's
2: the here can I give you the, the converse to it? It has definitely diluted the All Star Game. Yes. Right. Because now it's like we finally get to see all these guys play like, yeah, we see them all play. Um, It's it has made interleague play because there's interleague every week and every every series there's interleague. Like it has made those games even like eh, it's just a game. And as much as and, and part of what made that special is you never get to see those guys on TV. You can see anybody play on TV now. So there is a there is an other side to it. I agree with you. It's especially in markets like you know like the the Mets. You're going to want Shohei Otani. You're going to want Mike Trout to play, even though they play in New York against the Yankees. You're going to want to play against the Mets. You know you want the Dodgers to play against the Red Sox some. But there is a downside to it, and I think the downside. I mean, one, it's different now because you can get any game anytime you want on TV. You know, if you want to see Shohei Otani play, you can watch every game that he pitches, every game that he hits. Matter of fact, you can get updates on everything he does on your phone. Right? It's a completely different world. And it, the All-Star game is it's just an All-Star game. It's not as special as it used to be. All right, let's um, – uh, here's what I'm going to do because I got sidetracked. You guys didn't. That's on me. Uh, I want to talk about Kyrie Irving and what he said to the fans during the game and what he said about the fans after the game. With prices soaring at the pump, Discover has has your back with cashback. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target now through June on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Limitations apply. Coming up next, Kyrie Irving's double bird. Got a lot of attention yesterday. Still resonating today. Plus what he said about it and how he's handling the fans in Boston. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We'll discuss next. Be sure to catch the
1: live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is...
3: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You've
2: put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all terrain tires for on and off road adventure. Go to tireact.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRat.com to see their general tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tireac.com sports, Tireac.com, the way tire
4: buying should be.
2: Uh, all right, so look, I, I think the big thing coming out of the Celtics net series, which uh, you know the Celtics, I don't want to say they, I mean the Nets, I don't want to say they had the game one, but they were in good, they were in good shape, right? Up three, with forty some odd seconds to go, Celtics call a timeout, get the ball in, immediately lay the ball in right over Kyrie Irving. He comes down, or actually KD comes down, throws it to Kyrie Irving, who gets double-teamed, kind of surprised double-teamed, gets a little bit caught up in traffic, throws it out to KD, who's got no time, and just chucks up a shot. And then, after passing the ball around with no timeout, uh, Jason Tatum cuts, and Marcus Smart shot fakes, and two guys go flying by. He hits Jason Tatum, who lays the ball in. It was an unbelievable game. But I think the, the big takeaway from the game is, man, Kyrie Irving, it's one thing to hear... The fans talking to you. It's another thing to talk back to the fans. But there's video of him saying something to a guy who, look, clearly talking trash to him as he's locking in the locker room. And there's, of course, the video of him giving the double bird. And I understand the idea of keeping the same energy, of using the negativity to fuel you. But when you talk about it or when you talk back to the, to them, what ends up happening? It fuels them even more, which it may end up in a win and it may have no effect on the game, but we're, we're, we're creeping up on it, it could be ugly. It could be ugly. And I don't think it's what affected his play on those last three possessions, which he gave up two buckets, layups right over him. right over him. So, um I, I, I don't think that's the case, but the only way to win in a back and forth with fans is to win the game. Like what is the win in giving fans the bird? what is How is that possible Like I'm not one of these well, what about the kids? On the other hand, like, dude, you hit a three, you give somebody a finger running down the court. like I, and I just you know, I've done that before. I actually have hit a three before and I have when I was with a, tra- a tour team and I kind of covered it up with the other hands and gave somebody the, a finger that was that was that was heckling me. But this is like retweeting some no name dude on Twitter who's coming at you. When you do that, you only empower more people to do the same under your skin or think they're getting under your skin. Here's Kyrie on his interaction with the fans. Do you feel like the
5: hostility that you get still? Let's not let's not focus on this. Like, ask me questions about the game. Like, from it's a, not about the fans. The no, fans are playing. A, from a basketball standpoint, yeah. Do you feel like the hostility you get? There's yeah. no hostility, bro. It's basketball. Well, you were flicking some people off. I'd say that's some hostility. From what? What are you we're, guessing that that's hostility or like well, hostility for you me you is play play like it, growing me. up? Well, we've never seen that from you this season, where you are running down the floor, flicking people off. This is the first time you actually caught it
1: because it's a big time game. I respond in different ways. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to focus on that. If you want to ask me questions about the fans, go ask them. Go on the street and ask them questions.
5: But I'm asking from your perspective, from a basketball perspective, do you feel like the hostility that you get? It's not hostility, bro. Do you feel like the energy you get from fans in this building brings out the best from you? Embrace it. Embrace it. It's the dark side. Embrace it. You know, it's
1: nothing new when I come into this building what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um you know, when people start yelling and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take as a competitor. And, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Not that's the playoffs this is what it is you know I, I've I know what to expect in here and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them
2: I, I don't think people expect to be docile I, I and by the way I don't think people you know athletes deserve that that kind of treatment I don't care if they boo you suck or whatever like but if you can't take that like put your big boy pants on and and obviously it's Boston there's a little kind of ode to the days of Europe. hell they even have the still have the organ Listen to that next time they when they play tomorrow night, like listen, to it, like you'd be like, is that an organ in the background? I'm like, yep, it's like straight out of the seventies, sixties, and seventies. You know, but you know, it's not hostility. Yeah, it is hostility. Yeah, it is negativity, and the idea that because you may have given somebody the finger after making a jump shot in the past, like again, doesn't make it right. This is the two wrongs don't make a right. I don't want to silence Kyrie Irving. You don't want some zombie out there playing. You want to play with emotion. But you get to a point where it's like you're asking for more ugliness. You're stoking the fire. And if that works for you, great. But you did you did, make the wrong decision when you got double teamed, and you did give up two layups to to lose the game, yeah, yes, John Ramos. What did you think, Doug? I mean, you're a, a keen
1: observer of basketball, I and mean, people that watch games are, are, you know, really pay attention. Don't you think at some point somebody would said, "Hey, did you see it? like maybe third week of the season, some game somewhere? Hey, did you see Kyrie just flick people off? Like he said it, like he's done it m- millions of times during the season. And I don't think that would have just gone by people had Kyrie Irving been flipping people <laughs> off during the course of the season.
2: No, it's probably happened. I mean, you know, Do you he, think he, he has, has flipped they, people you know, off they, in they, the course they, of the they, season?
1: Huh? You think he has flipped people off during the course of the season? We just Everybody just
2: missed it? I don't know. I, I I mean, like, look, he didn't play half the games. He didn't play a bunch of games early on in the year, so I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to ju- – like, I don't want to – again, if he did it earlier in the year, I don't care. It's actually more important when you do – how you act now right, as opposed to how you act previously. So – how you act now, this is when people pay attention. This is when people care. This is when reputations are, are made. And, and you know, even the way in which he, he speaks to a reporter who's honestly quite respectful and asking him, he's like, I'm not asking about the fans. I'm asking about you. You know? I'm not asking about the fans. I'm asking you. I, I just, I look at it and I'm like, man, if, if that the only way to win is to win that's it the only way to win is to win because you're not going to win in a pissing match against a fan you have more money you you do something they would dream of doing they pay you're truthfully on the real on the, on the realest level they have no chance of ever competing with you you are punching down if you're Kyrie Irving. That's There's a, a, a belief. Don't ever punch down. Punch up. But instead, he's punching down and he's stoking the fire. And then he's like, wow, they're just, you know, they're over the top. They're, they are. Fa- those fans are a-holes, but you're making it worse. And, like, you can make it worse, but you better win. And he didn't win. Let's get to Dan Byer, get an update, and then we'll get to Rick Bucher. Quick question, Doug, on that final one. Do you, you don't blame. Irving on the Tatum layup. Do you? No, uh but he was sleeping too. they were both sleeping and there could have been an anticipatory, uh, right? I thought no, Dur- I yeah, don't. I thought it was Durant's like It, d-
3: it was I a mean, lot of I mean, They the,
2: the here's the here's the they're both ball watching. Both of them are ball watching and I mean yeah. I'm Do you really th- did anybody think Marcus Smart was going to pass that ball? No, no. The funny thing is is there's a replay that
5: Durant actually looked at the clock and that's what he lost Side of Tatum because yeah. he thought, to your point, like I thought, that Marcus Smart was going to shoot. So when Smart doesn't shoot, Durant takes a look at the clock, then completely loses Tatum, and that allows him to backdoor. It's, it's
2: a very interesting thing. Like, um, I, I learned this from John McCloud, my first college basketball coach, and he was a longtime NBA coach. And I had never played with a shot clock before or one that mattered, right? Like, you played in all star games, but it, it doesn't matter. So, like, high school, we had no shot clock. And AU, we had no shot clock. It just didn't exist, right? So I'd never played with a shot clock before. And we used to play um, half-court segments, but and, and they were brutal. And he put – back then it was a 35-second shot clock, and he put 26 in the clock. And we, I would be playing with the second team. It took me a while to earn, earn the starting spot. With the second team – and I can't tell you how many times the shot clock would go off. We wouldn't get a shot, and they would. We'd have to run because I, you know, as point guard, you look. to remember when it's ten on the clock, you you have an automatic that you go to, and I would lose track of the clock. And, you know, there's a way in which you learn as you're playing to glance up at the clock, which is above the backboard, or when you're on defense, it's above the other backboard, right? You don't look at yep. the backboard behind you, and so it's just natural. What's interesting about it is in many ways what Kevin Durant was doing was the right thing the problem is the angle there when your shoulders are turned and the ball is on the sideline you know the free throw line extended if you look at the at the clock that's when you screw yourself up because now you you know now you actually move your head yeah it's just an interesting dynamic of the way in which clocks are basketball courts are and what you're taught as a player and so in many ways like that's something you're supposed to do you're play you're supposed to always glance at the clock time score you know time and time and score is a huge element to basketball and by the way like this is this is another part okay i love the elam ending for the tbt but dude you don't get the elam ending like that i mean it just it doesn't shouldn't exist yeah. in real basketball but Doug gottlieb show here on fox sports radio rick Bucher joins us fox sports one uh, covering the NBA. Let's, let's start with Kyrie. You heard his comments. What, no. what are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving after one game against his former team?
6: Uh, he is, as I've said before, he's a tremendous soloist. Um, skill-wise, being able to handle, find his shot, shot-making, all of that, uh, he is he's a joy to watch. He's a master. Uh, when it comes to being a point guard or playing the team game, that's where you lose me a little bit. And when it comes to his interaction with the fans, I I just, Kyrie continues to tell us who he is, and then he continues to show us somebody else. If you are, if you consider yourself a player of Kyrie's magnitude, and you've had all the experience that you have, and you are enlightened to the level that he says that he is, dude, you don't need to be exchanging birds or anything else with the with the fans. He said, I, you know, as a competitor, he's responding, you're not competing with the fans. In fact, you're taking your focus off of the real competition, the place where the fans don't have an input or any influence, and that is on the court. And so I don't know. I honestly uh, – Doug, I feel like I am a man on the island today, and I don't want to be the the guy who just always sees i don't, I don't ever, actually ever want to see the glasses half full or rather half empty rather than half full. but I keep every i I keep seeing everybody talking about what a great game Kyrie had. and I'm thinking the numbers were phenomenal, and he shot the ball extremely well. But in the last two plays of the game,
2: Three
6: well, you go okay, you can go three, but i i 'm just thinking, dribbled out the
2: clock and got nothing, and well, that that 's the big one that 's the big one, like hey dude, yeah. you've played and won an nBA championship, you had yep. the ball in your hands, they throw a double at you, and yep. you, you you panicked, yeah, you panicked. exactly And, and on, yeah. honestly the the double birds actually have taken most of the focus on the fact that. They got the ball in, and they laid it in right over you. Then you panicked, and then yep. it wasn't all. And again, none of this is all his fault, but right. some of it is his fault. And, right. you know, again, like you said, if you want to tell everybody, hey, I should be on the top 75, and I'm this level of enlightenment, well, you sure didn't play like it.
6: Yeah, it didn't play like it and didn't act like it. I, I, I just, or, or even, and again, it's, I'm just taking, on, taking what he's saying at face value. Like I don't if you want to go at the at the fans, if you want that to be a part of who you are and what you do, that's fine. But when you say, "I'm going to look them in the eye to see if they're all about that, because usually they're not. Uh, dude, you never looked anybody in the eye. You were standing there mimicking, crying, not looking at the fans you gave them the double bird with your back to them like you like you didn't do any of the things that you said that you were going to do or that you were about so that's where it's confusing for me just Kyrie be who you say you are but you say one thing and you do another and I feel like this is also a, a microcosm of who he is as a player like there are certain things that he does that are magnificent. They're as good as we've ever seen any player do them. But in the context of the game, they don't get the ultimate goal, which you say that you're all about. So if, you, if you're if you all about winning, not just putting up that or having a great handle or finding your shot, then, then play accordingly. And I, I just – that's not what I saw. And again, to your point, like the structure of the team, the composition, no timeout, like how are we playing? Like all of that is is a factor, but Kyrie certainly has a hand in it. And, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, why, you know, why he feels justified. <laughs> I mean, this is the other thing. Like, I don't know why Boston fans don't appreciate me as a player, you know, for what I did for them. Said the same thing in Cleveland. And it's like, dude, Fans take all of this personally. They, they're not going to look at your box score and say, we love you, Kyrie. They're going to see how you act and what you say and how you view them. And they're going to, because they're human beings too. I, I just, the disconnect with Kyrie for someone who considers himself more enlightened and intelligent than the average person is just mystifying to
2: me. Well, that's, that's the problem is I had a friend who is, a couple of friends are in Boston at the time they're there, and they're like, "Kyrie is uh, smarter than a- athletes' normal reputations, but he's not like a genius. He's not like he he thinks he's way smarter than he is, and that gets exposed with his, you know, his hypocritical comments." So, um, what about the series? And then you have the Ben Simmons factor. Like they're yeah. gonna throw him into the freeway like that? Like that? Yeah. I don't know how that, that one works, but uh, that that was a game in which, you know, the Celtics played unbelievable in the first half and still couldn't separate. And somehow yep. the Nets hung around and had a three-point lead late. Yep. It does yep. feel like one that they'll rue that they lost. Yes, yes. Um, it, it. I think what makes it difficult to
6: interpret is it went uh, contrary to what you would expect. Like... Once the Nets kind of took over in the fourth quarter and established the lead, and I'm like, well, I'm going to trust KD and Kyrie's ability to get buckets in the last couple possessions over Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I just am. And it didn't go, it didn't go to form. So now I look at it and go, well, yeah, the Celtics got Marcus Smart shooting efficiently, playing a really smart, composed game. Uh, Tatum and Brown get theirs, Horford is, is good, like all of these things worked for the Boston Celtics and they only won by one and probably should have lost and so is this an exposure of the Nets and they're not the closer team that we think they are or do the Boston Celtics need everything to go right for them to win or to beat the Nets and my inclination is to say one, it's going, it's going, I think it's going to be a long series and I'm more inclined to still believe in the Nets than I am in the Celtics because so many, so many different things had to go right for the Celtics to win by one in this game.
2: That's, that's absolutely fair. Rick Puker joining us, uh, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, well, I was I was surprised surprised at how good the Sixers were when Embiid and Harden weren't killing. Were you? Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I was.
6: Um, now they were involved, so it wasn't like they were dominating. But I think that's almost that is probably the better way for the Sixers to go against this Toronto Raptors team um, is to for. To getting to getting uh, contributions from uh, a number of places, because I think that the Raptors and Nick Nurse in particular are good at being able to frustrate a star player to make the game challenging to mess around with Joel Embiid. But if, as a result of that, guys like Tyrese Maxey are stepping up, you don't you don't really have a counter. They don't have a counter for that. And I, I guess the other part for me was as I was watching. Pascal Siakam trying to answer or try, like, I, I, to this point, I don't understand as great as Nick is. And I've seen this in the playoffs before, like you're playing through Pascal Siakam above the, uh, above the free throw line Ah, against this six, this long athletic Sixers team. He doesn't have, the requisite skill to be able to manipulate the game from that place. And yet I saw it time after time. And if that's the way it's going to go, I I don't, I expected this to be a really competitive series. I didn't think it was an accident that Toronto won three of the four games they played in the regular season. But if this is the way they're going to approach it, uh, playing through Pascal Siakam as much as I saw, then I don't have much hope for the Raptors making this competitive series, much less winning it.
2: Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sport Radio. That's the voice of, of Rick Buecher. Um, I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna give myself a little pat in the back. Last yep. year, the Warriors lose in the second playing game, right? They, so they, they don't make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I I was texting back and forth with Steve Kerr and I said, You found one Jordan Poole. And he said, Yes, we did. And he's like, yeah. wait till and he said, wait till he gets the role that he needs yeah. when we get everybody back. And that's yeah. the part that I think that not people don't understand. It's like Andrew Wiggins. I've said this for long. If he's your third or fourth best o- offensive option, he's great. Yep. He's yep. Just not. Yep. He's not the no, number one, or number two op- offensive Correct. option, right? Correct. And Jordan yep. Poole, like, if he because Steph has been periodically out, he's been able to assume that role, and they've built up his confidence. But essentially, being kind of a you know getting to be Steph light, and at times playing against backups, like the whole thing is 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 brilliant. That's why I picked the Warriors to come out of the West. It's only one game. Hmm. Hmm. It's only one game. What do you think the it's, Warriors after seeing them one game in the playoffs?
6: Well, I um I actually am am a, a little bit more concerned because of what I saw because Steph and I watched him warm up on the like they had him wor- warming up on the sideline when the rest of the team was warming up and they were putting him through what looked like tests to see how the foot how he was doing on the foot, how he was moving on the foot, and I thought, my goodness, like this is like he, he's not ready. They're, they're they're going right up to the tip off and then beyond because he didn't start um, to see if he can play. And so I looked at him and I looked at Clay and then I looked at the way Steph moved during the game, the way Clay is moving. And I don't know that it's going to show itself in this series, but I'm, my concern is, or my question is, can they evolve? Now, Steph missed time, so being rusty is understandable, but there's, there's difference between being rusty and, and not moving the same way you usually do. He, he was chopping his steps on those scrambles when he's working off the ball to get free. He was not moving with the same uh, sort of torque and, and dynamic. And so, the way he looked, the way Clay looked, I need to see whether they evolve. And then the second thing is, and this sounds so crazy, but it gets to your point. Like, if I'm Denver, do I game plan for Jordan Poole? Because that's the thing. Game one, like, they came into it. I think that really kind of threw them sideways when Steph didn't start. Like, you game plan to stop Steph and Clay and Draymond. You don't stop. You don't game plan for Jordan. So depending on how that series goes, I'll I just be interested to see if it had evolved. I would doubt that it would. Most coaches kind of come in and they're, they're, you know, you game plan to stop Jordan Poole and then Steph Curry puts 50 on you. Everybody's going to look at you like, well, what the hell were you thinking? It's Steph Curry. But not being sure of where he is physically, I, that just intrigues me. It intrigues me how Denver's going to approach this. Going forward, and how teams going forward might depending on what Steph and Clay look like uh, in subsequent games.
2: Man, that was good basketball though this weekend. It was. It was. It, w- it was fun. Uh, it was. Yeah, I. I. I thought the Bucks got a bad whistle. That series looks like it. At least, I agree. Be, I, I thought that series would be competitive. I thought Chris Paul was unbelievable last night. God, he was good. I, yep. I don't know how he keeps doing at this age. I. I cannot. I'm. I'm in. I'm, I'm completely all in. Buke, great stuff. Look forward to seeing you on TV. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Doug. Rick Buker, Fox Sports 1, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What, what did Patrick Mahomes have to say about losing Tyreek Hill? Fox Sports Radio
1: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Ashley Nicole Moss who works for uh, Sports Illustrated. Eli flipped the double bird on ESPN. It became a meme. Kyrie does it and it's a think piece. Come on man, LOL. Uh look, I I don't mind the the under under the radar double bird or bird. Who doesn't do that to a friend? It's kind of funny, but it wasn't isolated. And it's in a stadium, and it's, like, you don't know it's different. You don't know it's different, right? One guy's demonstrating something, one guy's doing something. So, that's a non sequitur to me. Let's get to the press. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years. When it comes to premium, zero-turn lawnmowers run their businesses. And for his weekend Joes, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com. Find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Dan Beyer, go.
5: Doug, I've told this story before, Beyer. but uh, Robbie Savaski in seventh grade basketball gave the finger to the other team, and our coach made him run ladders during halftime while everybody else <laughs> lined up at the water fountain to get drinks. So <laughs> Robbie, where's Robbie today? <laughs> I don't know where Robbie is. Uh, Robbie was a good guy, but the uh, opposing team was heckling him, so he gave him the bird.
2: Yeah, well, I was playing on an a- exhibition team uh, I think it was called Athletes First, and um, I hit a three against Texas Tech, and uh, they were on me the whole game. The student section, exactly. And I just did the, I, I tried to do the one hand cover up, and then the other hand just so you could see middle finger and ran down the court. And the the it was a Christian organization, and the coach took me out and he's like, "Son, you <laughs> see the cross on your jersey? Christ would not like that." And I said, "Okay, <laughs> coach, I won't do it again."
5: John Ramos, I got something in my eye. It's, uh, I'm just trying to get it out right now. Uh,
2: I like the I like the, uh, the uh, where you go. blow it up. Oh right? yeah, like yeah. Or then the or or the uh, almost like a Jack in the Box thing where you where you uh, crank it up. That, <laughs> yes, those are my
5: favorites. Oh my god! Almost like really gonna fish. Yes. All right. Thanks uh, God. Patrick Mahomes weighing in on what life is going to be like
6: without Tyreek Hill. We'll have to find production in different ways than we did last year because Tyreek was such a A big part of our offense Um, but I I think you've seen in games that we haven't had Tyreek or we haven't had certain people other guys have stepped up and made plays happen and I expect that to happen this year as well struggling
5: added Juju Smith-Schuster Marquez Valdez scantling in the offseason to try to replace Hill yeah see how that works. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Mahomes, by the way, teaming up with Josh Allen, they will be on the same team, taking on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in Capital One's the match. The match in Las Vegas on the golf course will take place on June first.
2: Kind of good with that, with the with the match thing, right? Like, I, I liked it for this. a while. I don't know.
5: You know what I liked about the last one was it was in Montana, so you're not seeing that you know that area a
2: lot, and yeah. I thought
5: that it it looked you know did well on TV, but. I don't know.
2: I, they I, should have brand, branded the guys with the Y from the, from the ranch.
5: <laughs> Ouch! Uh, we're one episode into season one of
2: Yellowstone. That's uh, good. one, epi- <laughs> <It's good>. one <laughs> episode. One episode. a little stop ruining little it. You're like, come on. Uh,
1: There's a prequel, right? There's a prequel out. to that, eighteen eighty-three. Uh, oh, okay.
5: Yeah. Yes. Uh, And then 1783 is going to come in two years. I can't wait till 683. That's uh, way down the line. Jaime uh, Jaime Haikas Jr. returning to UCLA while Memphis's Jalen Duran going to the NBA draft.
2: That's awesome for UCLA. They have guys that are good enough. Some will play in the NBA, but they're not NBA draft picks. So they're going to be awesome next year. They'll be fun to watch
5: two other quick ones for you, Doug. Sam Presti, the Thunder GM, his exit interview today with reporters lasted two hours and 13 minutes. Reporters saying that, yeah, they ran out of questions. He said he would answer all of them, so he was there for two-plus hours. And Matt Kenseth, NASCAR Hall of Famer, ran the Boston Marathon today, came in 141st in the 50-54 to 54 men's group, uh, crossing the finish line in three hours, one minute and 40 seconds.
2: Check out the latest lines of the world of sports. Better Sportsbook. Better is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, we're back to normal, right? Coachella, the Marathon, and Kyrie Irving. Right? It, everything is back completely to normal. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. And uh, I just, all these things are back online, and Kyrie Irving now back to being the most despised guy in the NBA.
1: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country,
0: huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
6: Wait! Did we just invent
3: California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
3: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.